Welcome back to episode 105 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iron Man, and here are some of the topics we discussed today. First up, Bitcoin is on a rally, but can we sustain it? Next, we discuss whether or not we're in a super cycle. Then, retail investors are not in yet. And finally, we look into why decentralized autonomous organizations are the next wave of innovations. All right, just listen in. What's up, boys? All right. Hey, girls. Dude, look at this Bitcoin, dude. I know, man. We're going to explode. 38,900. <sighs> That's all I got to say about that, dude. <laughs> just like dot, dot, dot. Like, what's happening, man? Uh, yeah. See, this is the thing. I'm supposed to be the guy, like, <clears throat> we can all rely on, right? Like, I got, like, I got, like, um, experience in this space and whatnot. Yeah. But I don't have experience, like, um. This early in a, in a, in a bull, bull cycle. Yeah. This feels exactly <clears throat> like it felt towards the tail end of a bull run. Yeah. So let's go back to 2017 again. And, um. Something tells me it wasn't this bullish back then. <laughs> Let's let's verify. So we had a dump in January 2017. A 34% dump went from 1100 to 700 bucks. Okay, so we that was when it was testing all-time high for the first time, right? Previous all-time high. Uh yes, that's correct. And it failed. Reject rejection. Yeah. And then it came back. Yeah. Pierced through maybe like a few months later. Yeah, so this and is March and then it in re- 34% correction. Yeah. And then uh, the summer came, and then that's when you jumped in, right? Somewhere around June, July. July. Right there. That's SegWit sell-off, dude. Yeah. That's the first thing I learned about Bitcoin. Like, what the fuck is SegWit, dude? <laughs> like, why, why, are people, why are people so scared of this thing, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, that was my, my – I was like, dude, Bitcoin's like 30% down, dude. Seems like a good buy opportunity, and I was right. And ever since then, I was hooked. Yeah. Never left, dude. Probably never will. <laughs> yeah, $1,700, and uh, – so this is, uh, we can't say that this is exactly what's going to happen nope. next. Exactly. That's the thing. You know, there was, man, I wish I could find that tweet. I, I sent it to you about a super cycle. Yeah. And how the run up in 2017 probably may not compare to the run up in 2021. And we're going to see much higher highs because this could be a super cycle. I, now, need, I need like a definition of what that means. Maybe, yeah. Maybe you, can you find it? Uh, I mean, to me, it sounds like, uh, okay, so... <clears throat> Super cycle Bitcoin. Bitcoin Twitter. To me, it sounds like what super cycle is an indication. Uh, here it is. Of, I found uh, it already, dude. Already? Okay. Let's find out what super cycle means. No need to speculate. All right. Here we go. Dan it Held. It says Dan Held. So let's first, let's see who, who this guy is. Cause yeah, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, we keep, I keep seeing this guy everywhere. So Dan Held, growth of Kraken FX. <laughs> okay. Prior to Interchange HQ, acquired by Kraken FX. Growth at Uber. So this guy is pretty well known. I mean, I've I see him everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's go back to <clears throat> why Bitcoin may be going through a super cycle. This is December 2020. Yeah. This time is different. COVID, gold 2.0 narrative, institutional herd, and ease of use have set a new stage. Instead of normal bull bear cycle, Bitcoin would break convention and enter a super cycle. <clears throat> You probably first heard of Bitcoin in 2013 or 2017. I heard it in 2013 for mm-hmm. the first time. And I was like, Psh, you know. Blew it off. Blew it off. Yeah. 
Then, uh, so, and when friends and family were talking about the wild swings in price, Bitcoin's market cycle is typically around four years, and some hypothesize the cycles induced by halvings. Uh, the idea began, uh, being a reduction of supply, increase in demand, number go up. Satoshi describes it succinctly. As the number of users grows, the value per coin increases. It has the potential for a positive feedback loop. As users increase, the value goes up, which could attract more users to take advantage of the increasing value. Satoshi wrote this before Bitcoin was even worth a penny. In in the chart below, we have Bitcoin's price and halvings, uh, which, are dot, which are the dotted lines. As we can see, a, a bull run has occurred after each halving. Yep, yep right on schedule. Yep. However, this cycle is different. Never before has Bitcoin had such strong fundamentals against a macro backdrop that highlights exactly mm. why Bitcoin is needed. Okay. The narrative is singular, and the ability for global value to flow into Bitcoin has never been easier. Okay, okay. I'm liking what I'm hearing. Uh, has never been easier. So the macro backdrop. While Bitcoin was planned during the 2008 financial crisis, it has blossomed largely during a macro bull run from 2008 to 2020. The traditional financial markets had a few minor corrections, but no recession Yep. until COVID came. When COVID came, the markets plunged. This was Bitcoin's first real test, which which is something that you you were talking about, that Bitcoin <laughs> has never gone through a recession or hit any like real, stumbling block. Well, it hasn't proven itself as like a, an, a safe haven asset yeah. in like any real macroeconomic you know, scenario where we need one. You know, Traditionally, you know, precious metals act as that safe haven asset. I guess they kind of did in the, after the 2008 financial crisis. I'm pretty sure gold and silver were like hit their all-time highs like after that event. Yeah. You know. So <clears throat> in that sense, those assets they passed. Yeah. They served their use case, you know. People legitimately were transitioning their wealth from like, you know, finance, equities and whatnot and real estate yeah. into precious metals. Yeah. So are we going to see that happen with Bitcoin? So yeah, COVID was like the first I mean, yeah, COVID was like an actual the real test. Like a real panic. Yeah. Or legitimately panicking, selling off their assets. Yeah. But we did the same thing. Yeah. We sold all our crypto, dude. We panic. We even sold to the bottom. Like at three thousand dollar Bitcoin, one hundred dollar ETH, people were still selling. Like, wow. Yeah. You know, so we as in like the human population? Just we as in like holders of the th- of the stuff, you know. Well, I, I did I definitely didn't sell at that well, point. I was the market definitely did. Yeah, the market did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I mean, and, and you know, it's like uh, who who was it that said uh, that be greedy when others are fearful? Man, that was a I'm time to buy. Pretty sure that was Warren Buffett. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure it sounds like something he'd say. Yeah, when there's blood in the streets, which there pretty much was. I mean, that was like buy, a dude. that was like a super bear cycle right there. That was like a hyper concentrated bear <sighs> event. Yeah, potentially could have like catapulted us into this recession. Dan is bringing alluding about. to yeah. Like, you know, there's been multiple events that could have, you know, totally pulled the rug from underneath our economy. But we, we, we've we created this self-sustaining yeah, print, mechanism. The yeah, printing machine. The infinite printing machine to where, you know, that never happens. Yeah. Apparently, it never can happen. I don't know. So, yeah, I guess keep reading on. Yeah, yeah. Else he says. So, COVID came. When COVID came, the markets plunged. All right. And then while Bitcoin suffered a nail-biting plunge during the March 12th liquidity crisis, which affected all assets... Bitcoin survived and surged out of the gates in late 2020 to reach all-time highs at 24,000. Yeah. So keep in mind, this is December 26, 2020. So while Bitcoin recovered, governments across the world engaged in unprecedented money printing. And when I say unprecedented, I mean never before in all recorded financial history, 10 trillion plus was printed across the world to bolster the traditional finance system. 
Yeah. This meant that governments were actively devaluing their currency, which is exactly what Bitcoin is built to protect against. Mm -hmm. Most people don't think about getting earthquake insurance until an earthquake hits. Then the insurance companies are flooded with requests. <clears throat> Bitcoin was special purpose built to be a store of value in a world where you can't trust your government or bank. Those moments don't come around often enough, like the 2008 financial crisis. COVID brought Bitcoin's value into focus for the world. And because of that, a new market participant started to buy Bitcoin, the institutions. Hmm. The institutional herd is here. In late 2017, the meme, the inst institutional herd is coming, wasn't wrong. It was just early. When COVID roiled the markets, institutions were searching for a safe store of value. Bitcoin offers a unique store of value that is objectively better than gold. There it goes. You see that? With higher upside potential. And from a portfolio construction perspective, Bitcoin is an uncorrelated asset which improves a portfolio's return per unit of risk. Institutions manage over $100 trillion. Here are the financial institutions that are tr and trading legends that have recognized Bitcoin as gold 2.0 over the last four months. Fidelity, JP Morgan, Bloomberg, Deutsche Bank, Citibank, Jefferies, BlackRock, Guggenheim, Alliance, Bernstein, Bill Miller, Mass Mutual, plus more. Singular narrative. <coughs> okay. Any comments so far? Yeah, this guy's going too damn too too deep, dude. <laughs> this guy's going. I'm in. liking it, dude. This is like a yeah yeah it's yeah. It's a good story. Yeah, so what's the ultimate pay, uh First, why? Bitcoin okay. is way better than gold. Sure. And we've had... <laughs> <laughs> sure, okay. <laughs> from from a technical perspective, I guess, right? I mean... As far as like... From um, a technical perspective, gold has a... I mean, Bitcoin has a way higher upside, right? Okay, yeah, of course. So so that's, that's one reason why Bitcoin is better than gold. Second reason, I mean, from, from an actual technical perspective of... Bitcoin versus gold, you can transfer Bitcoin easy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bitcoin is way better than gold. <coughs> and then from the only thing that gold beats Bitcoin is a store of value. And I think... As in more like a stable... Yeah, a stable coin. When you are when you hear store of value, you, you're not expecting volatility. You're expecting... Yeah. You put your money in it, you reserve it, you don't have to worry about it for the next decade potentially. And yeah. it should be relatively... Like the like, same, you know, your wealth should be have been stored. Yeah. You know, yeah. You don't you don't want to look at it like, oh fuck, I lost ninety percent of that. Like, man, that would suck. Yeah, you're not gonna expect that from gold. You know, but but in Bitcoin's case, it doesn't. Apparently, yeah. If we're using that same ten year time frame, it doesn't go down either. Yeah. Bitcoin has only gone up in the past ten years, dude. That's true. But again, man, we still haven't seen it perform in like an actual like macro like a recession. You know. Yeah. I think I think but Bitcoin takes its own has its own characteristics has its own like unique character depending on which decade Bitcoin feels that that the uh, a recession like for example if we get a recession in 2050 Bitcoin will probably do nothing versus mm -hmm. a recession in 2021 Bitcoin is going to take a hit mm -hmm. so yeah it's I guess it's fine these little short term panic sell offs and stuff it's expected you know it's just human psychology even if we all believe in like well, if there's another some like a recession or another pandemic or anything where it takes Bitcoin down, you know, 50%, 80%, that is a buy of a lifetime. lifetime. Well, the difference is this next recession isn't going to be like the other ones we've seen that's, in the past. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> that's what's so crazy about this and why why it, it all seems like so perfectly scripted and like there's already a narrative already like pre-planned and built. Yeah. Like Satoshi saw it all coming like 
12 years ago or whatever, 11 years ago. Yeah. You knew exactly what was going to happen. So I don't know. But the point is there, we have created such an impending problem for ourselves, like economically. So whenever, whenever the inevitable like shit hits the fan scenario does come to come about. Yeah. The, the evidence is going to be presentable in order for, for people to paint like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency as like a, an actual necessary transition. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It would be a hard selling point. Like it's a hard selling point today when things are working, you know, people still have jobs. Rel- I mean, there's a lot of people unemployed and whatnot, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Rel- like relatively the economy is in a pretty decent state. Yeah. You know, life is in like a hectic hell for, I'm, I'm only strictly speaking about like in, in our situation yeah. in the United States. I think that's a reason why you see countries like in the, you know, in the third world way more readily ready to accept something like cryptocurrency as opposed that's to true. us. You know, because they're already dealing with this dilemma of like, fuck, traditional yeah. finance blows, dude. R- runaway inflation, yeah. at least. And like the banks don't service them, you know? Yeah. They, they don't point. have the same opportunity, but they can't go and borrow money at will from the banks. They can't establish credit history at banks. Yeah. You know, like they don't have enough, they don't have any assets to use as collateral. You know what I mean? So there's no banking infrastructure available for them. Right, right. So <clears throat> as soon as that becomes our reality too... You know, it's going to make sense, like things like Bitcoin and DeFi, you know, taking over. And I, I was telling you that the other day, dude, like, I mean, we're just, we're going pretty pretty deep into the DeFi inv- investigation these days, right? Yeah. And we're learning a lot. Yeah, for sure. Especially just general finance, dude. Like, I never would have imagined us, like, becoming, <laughs> yeah. like, like, knowledgeable about finance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I went to school I, for biology. <laughs> chemical engineering. Exactly. We're not in that realm, dude. Yeah. Like, at all. But we've learned a lot. And I don't know, like I'm getting this gut feeling of like, dude, it's almost inevitable. Like what's being built here in this crypto ecosystem is yeah. going to swallow. Yeah, for everything. sure. 100%. Yeah. I think that's why we're into it. It's because of that potential yeah. and uh, and the opportunity. And we see it, dude. And, and I mean, we've experienced something like this before with the internet. I mean, we, we were too young to like participate. Yeah, that must be what those, you know, those early developers yeah. thought. Like, holy shit, yeah, this yeah. is actually going to take over. It's going to take over the world. And it did. <laughs> and it did. It I literally mean, taking over everything. It swallowed everything. Swallowed. I mean, uh, Amazon swallowed pretty much literally everything. Yeah. And like, the like, only reason GameStop is still in existence is because of a meme. Yeah. Internet you know, meme. A meme pump. Yeah. That thing's going right back down to fucking... $4 again. Yeah, straight despair. <laughs> Just because, like, the nature of their business model, it's being phased out by the internet. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Unless but they could figure out how to transition. And my, now, we did learn that GameStop isn't at the brink of bankruptcy, though. That's true. They're still making good money. It's a good point. So. You can't be, yeah. yeah. I mean, thanks to deep fucking value, right? Yeah, he actually did some good due diligence. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> he found out, like, according to their balance sheet, they're not as in a bad of state as their, their stock valuation reflected. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I think they were, I mean, he was, he was talking about it in July of last year mm-hmm. and he was buying in since then. I think they had like $6 billion or something on their, like their annual <coughs> revenue. Yeah. And it was like a $200 million stock valuation. Like what? Yeah. How does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah. So clearly it was the shorters bringing the price down. Yeah. So I, I retract my shit on GameStop statement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, GameStop. Yeah. I'm just saying, that's, but the that's, business model is a brick and mortar and come and exchange your games. That's old. Yeah. Even uh, even game companies, they're not shipping physical yeah. boxes anymore. Especially during the era of COVID and shit. Like yeah. That. Even less. Even less. Yeah. But regardless. So, yeah, that, that's, that sentiment of like, man, we're going to change everything. I, I feel like it exists here in, in the crypto For sure. space. 
I didn't feel that as much like three years ago. I felt more like whenever the really? ICO boom was happening, shit, dude. Like I, I kind of felt like, man, this is all like a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like uh, the majority of it, you know. And it was. And it was. It. W- I it mean, was, it, yeah. it definitely was. It was. But like, I look into DeFi and like, man, everything just for some reason makes sense. Feels like it, useful. It needs. Yeah. Because all almost every DeFi protocol at at some point are going to be interconnected just to to form like this big global financial infrastructure. Yeah. Agreed. Just like what exists in traditional finance. I mean, it's not just one bank in traditional finance. There's like a whole bunch of different bank, banks working in conglomeration. Yeah. There's all kinds of different like regulatory things to like establish standards and establish like, I don't know, just make sure things are legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and that's what these protocols are. But it's like each one has their own different like job. Yeah. Their own role yeah, within yeah, yeah. that ecosystem. And But the end goal is for like anybody to have access to it to where, you know, if you are that guy who's living in that roughed up part of the world, you know, where you don't have much money to your name. <clears throat> as long as you're buying Bitcoin and Ethereum, dude, you're you're in. You're sitting pretty. You're in the financial infrastructure of the future, dude. Yeah. Like, that's fucking insane it to is. think about. It is. All it takes is an app. Yeah, you could do it all on this, dude. Yeah. Like, luckily, these aren't that hard to make anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they're everywhere. Yeah, you could buy, like, a badass cell phone for 300 bucks. Exactly. That's low. I mean, these are just, like, technical, technological, like, evolutionary steps, I guess, you know? Yeah. But, man... Yeah, I've never been so bullish about crypto in my life, dude. Yeah, agreed. Ever. Agreed. And I think the price is obviously reflecting that. Because <laughs> yeah. we just made a video of like, holy shit, are we in a bubble? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because everything is just going up so quickly, man. But yeah. I don't know. Well, let, let's finish what Dan had to say. Yeah. It's, it's almost over. Okay. So um, <clears throat> going back, the, the singular narrative. So in the 2017 bull run, there were many competing narratives to Bitcoin's gold 2.0 uh, narrative. Many of you probably remember ICOs and the relationships with Ethereum being a DAP platform. Also, Bitcoin was fighting against another narrative, which was the Confederate Fork Bitcoin Cash, which felt <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> good one. Which felt that Bitcoin's purpose was to be a cheap PayPal. Both the DAP platform and cheap PayPal narratives failed to find traction and have largely faded away. Right now, Bitcoin's Gold 2.0 narrative is the only narrative that is driving the crypto space forward. It is the singular focal point that will continue to accrue attention and purchasing demand. Additionally, there was very little content to help newcomers understand Bitcoin and for existing Bitcoiners to maintain the faith. After the 2017 bull run, there was an exponential wave of great content that enabled a higher conversion rate of no-coiners to Bitcoiners. So availability and ease of use. In 2013 and 2017, Bitcoin bull runs, it was relatively hard to buy Bitcoin. Often you had to send a wire and understand how an order book worked. Now you can buy Bitcoin with PayPal or your traditional brokerage like Robinhood. So these aren't real Bitcoins, by the way. So don't do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bitcoin was made for this moment. It is easier to understand and purchase from a wide variety of places. What happens when ownership of Bitcoin moves from 0.01% of the world to 1%. So that's 100x. So is that where we are right now? We're at 0.01%? Is that? Could that be right? We really need to confirm that figure. If it is 0.01%, that's kind of bonkers. I feel like it has to be bigger than that. So 7 trillion, 700 billion. Wait, no. 7 billion. 7 billion, yeah. Yeah, whoa. What what, what world are you living on, dude? I'm thinking about gold market cap or something. But anyway, yeah, we, we, we like seven. So yeah. let's, let's give it 8 billion, 8 billion, 800 million, 80 million. What's that? 1%? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. 80 million people in, in crypto. That's a lot. That sounds about right. Actually. Damn. That's, a, that sounds about right. That, 80 that million sounds, right. sounds about right. I bet you there's about 80 million Bitcoin holders in the world. Dude, that's, but that's at best. Yeah. 
That's point oh one percent, dude. That's nothing. Oh my god, dude. Nothing, we're in the top point oh one percent of the planet. <laughs> Jeez. So either we're like the most delusional 0.01% of the population. <laughs> or we're the most like... Or we're just like extra early. We're like the oracles uh, in the Matrix, go dude. that far, dude. <laughs> the oracles <laughs> in the Matrix? Maybe. I mean, we are designing. Not us. I, I mean, <laughs> not us. Us is in the space. We're designing like, you know, kind of like Matrix level... I don't know, existence. Yeah. Maybe yeah, us too, dude. Fucking the metaverse, well, I mean, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, we are. Fucking hey, Why do yeah. I discredit <laughs> our, our offerings? You know <laughs> what I mean? We're building shit too. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, but, pretty soon you'll be you'll be able to make an income from the metaverse. Exactly. So it's like a whole different layer of like mind fuck. Yeah. You know. Of, I mean, uh, we're all in a simulation, anyways, <coughs> according to Elon, right? Yeah, but all we're doing is spawning the next one. Yeah, that's you know right. what I mean. That's right. So that w- whenever the AIs Spe- get strong enough, they'll just take over from here. Well, well, speaking of, I mean, Elon said that Bitcoin. It, he said in retrospect, it was inevitable. But yeah, but I mean. Is, was he really talking about Bitcoin? Or? No, he definitely was talking about Bitcoin. You think so? Hell yeah. In retrospect, it was inevitable. That does sound like something you would yeah. say. <laughs> I mean, that is something he said. Yeah. <laughs> well, why though, dude? So what do you th- what, let's dissect that. I mean... In retrospect. Dude, it's not like he wasn't aware, dude. Well, People have been claiming he's... I mean, he's a busy guy. I get it, right? Why he's been like just kind of like brushing off the Bitcoin moon boys for the past well, years. Well, yeah, for sure. He's got reasons to, like, not like, pay attention not pay to Bitcoin. Atten- yeah, like, he's doing his own shit. I and guess, I think it's the, dude, that GameStop shit was actually so important. Oh, yeah, dude. That's for real. That was the catalyst to all yeah, it of was. this. It yeah, was. This whole, this whole sentiment of, like, oh, shit. Finally, people kind of, like, are starting to get the picture. They're like, man, there is something wrong with, like, institutional yeah. finance and, like, government yeah. and just, just control, <laughs> right? Centralization. Yeah, like it's starting to it's starting to permeate into Dude, people's consciousness. See, this could feed into the super cycle theory. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this he wrote this before that happened. Though. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like he, well, that's a good point. Yeah. But it's feeding into it. Just it. makes it even more super cycleish. Maybe yeah. that's why we're seeing such a re- like insane bull momentum. You yeah, know? yeah. Like fuck, Dang, it just feels crazy. it feels so early in the cycle for it to see this kind of action. I don't know, man. Like I, I every day I wake up and it's like, what the hell's going on, man? It's just like. <laughs> When are we going to chill out? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, we've been chilling out for the last two, almost three years. Good point. So, it's been like straight despair, dude. Yeah, we <laughs> literally. Straight despair. We lived through the despair phase. Yeah, man. How am I not numb to this yet? Like, I, I've been through this and like, it's still, I guess that's a good thing. It still feels just as like ridiculous. Like, yeah. It's definitely a drug. Yeah. You know, the adrenaline is all there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Pretty crazy. Yeah. All right. So uh says Bitcoin was made for this moment. This moment about Bitcoin and, and PayPal and ro- brokerage from Robinhood. It is easier to understand and purchase from a wide variety of places. Oh, yeah. So 0.01 to 1%. So what happens when part of the 100 trillion managed by institutions flows into Bitcoin to preserve wealth? It's certain it certainly won't be going from 20K to 100K. It could move from 20K to a million and then only have smaller cycles after. This may be one of the final big cycles. Hmm. Yeah, I think what he's describing, in order for that to happen, yeah, he's right in the sense that, like, the perfect storm has to be brewing. Just like that GameStop was the perfect storm yeah. scenario, like, <clears throat> where institutions were over-leveraging their short positions on, like, yeah. a single company and... It presented the opportunity to just like royally fuck them. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> yeah. now. Let's let's extrapolate that same mentality and like those same practices. It's actually like well, if finance is over leveraging everything, yeah, the whole system is over leveraged. Well, 
the governments are over yeah. leveraging the system. Yeah. True. So if you if everybody funnels their money into Bitcoin, just like a lot of people funnel their money into GME, the GameStop, <laughs> it's the same shit. You are fighting literally against the government when you do that. Yeah, you're you're fighting against this institutional like. I don't know what to call it, dude. Reckoning. Ponzi scheme. Yeah, I guess. But this is the thing: people aren't that 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 bomb, that club hasn't hit them in the head yet. That's like true. because because the the uh, I don't know. So what was it about GameStop again? Well, Why? I guess oh, institutions were just pushing the price down because. So this is what's going to happen. Because of the game. <laughs> yeah, but people became aware of like the absolute fuckery of the system whenever. Yeah. Whenever all of a sudden Robinhood shut its doors yeah. to GME purchasing, right? That's whenever people yeah. got pissed. Yeah, for They're sure. Like, holy shit, dude! It's <laughs> this is true. manipulation. Yeah, like the whole thing is rigged. You know. Yeah, and and so I'll pump the brakes a little bit on that, just because the CEO Robinhood did have potentially an explanation that you and I wouldn't understand, just because we're not in that game. Okay. And what was so, his explanation? Which it w- which was a liquidity problem. So if you have too much volume on a single asset, you need to have funds in the bank to support the trading of that and so they didn't and so they Full had to funds or just like enough reserves enough reserves so it literally got beyond that so it got beyond that yeah are we sure we're not sure that's that's, that's just the what thing he said. that's what he said now he's yeah. going to congress and they're doing this whole thing but of okay. course yeah. going to congress doesn't mean anything no it, i mean it's 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 meaningless it's like going to the principal's office it's just a show yeah so they're just going there to put on a show yeah yeah <laughs> Go to the principal's office. That's hilarious. That's I mean, it doesn't, true. Yeah, it doesn't do it's anything. The, it's the adult version of that. Yeah. <laughs> You've been summoned to the principal's <laughs> office. Holy shit. It's so funny. They just get grilled a little bit in front of C-SPAN. Yeah. <laughs> and they go home. Like, all right, buddy, get the fuck out of here, dude. Don't do it again. Yeah, I mean, the the questions is, they're, they're probably going to ask, like, Robin, how do you make your money? Yeah. It's like they ask Zuckerberg. Yeah. Like what are what is and, the and internet? The finance space is like a hundred times more complicated than like social media. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just wait till they start. Like, first of all, whenever they f- start figuring out what crypto is doing in DeFi, yeah, they're, then they're gonna have to come shit. up like, who do we fucking talk to? Like, you know, gonna, <laughs> literally, someone in, in Congress is gonna be like, we need Satoshi. Yeah, it's like summon Satoshi. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and then you gotta explain to him that like Craig Wright, nobody knows who the fuck Satoshi is. You know, yeah. These Congress people, their heads are gonna explode. It's like you're telling me, it's like this guy's anonymous. Yeah, yeah, bro. Like now and what? Now what are you gonna do? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Well, I mean that that's sort of <laughs> that's feeds, sort of the whole point. That, right? that feeds into the value of Bitcoin is that there's no that, one to summon. There's no one to summon. Yeah, and it's it just exists. It's already it's like spilled milk. You can't put it back. Yeah. So, but I'll, yeah. So what I'm saying is. <clears throat> If this guy's right and like Bitcoin hits this ridiculous super cycle moment where it, it just surges to, I don't know, half a million for Bitcoin. In this Big, cycle, man. Yeah, like that that that's gonna ping the government's alarm or I don't know, some something some it is conversation is gonna start all over again, just like it did for GameStop. Exactly. Like how do we slow this down? What do we do to like, you know, dude control this like you before know what? it gets out of control? You know what I'm thinking about now? Let, let's how do we how do we know how can we confirm that we're we're in a super cycle? Maybe the indicators are you know fifty institutions like going in because this is the cycle where I predicted institutions really going in, and the next cycle I would predict governments, governments going in. Yeah, and if this is a this type of super cycle, I mean, maybe it, it's not going to top out at two hundred thousand, and it is going to go like five six hundred thousand, maybe a million, like this guy's saying. He says up to a million. Yeah, so. If I mean, we've been talking about this for quite a while now, at least two years. We're like, well, we're going to 100K, 
And all of a sudden, once we start, once we reach the year of bull, all of a sudden we're talking about a million potential. Yeah. So it's like if we sell at 100K and it goes to a million, dude, imagine the the feeling of despair. The angst like, of like, man. Of missing out on a million dollar Bitcoin. I mean, but it'll literally be like that meme where like, you're wiping tears with like dollar bills, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. even at 100K exit, like you're still chilling pretty hard. You know what I mean? Yeah, Wouldn't but it's, it's no million dollar exit though. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> so what are you saying, dude? We hold out for a million? No, 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 definitely not. Don't hold out. But I don't know, dude. That might be the play. It depends. If we we see institutions going in, like just dropping in hundred, like billion. literally FOMOing in. Yeah. Like it's like if dude, what's what, the biggest institution you see just FOMOing? I don't know. Well, BlackRock was the biggest one, but they only put like one percent or whatever, which is a ton but of money. But they can't just like buy. They have to like announce these things, don't they? And like it takes like months, doesn't it, for them to get like regulatory that's clearance true. for it, them to make these purchases and stuff? Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. So Is we would know for sure that these institutions are buying. I don't think we know. I think these institutions are just, they're yeah, they're buying now, but, like, they're doing it in stealth mode, in stealth phases. What drives up these, like, manic surges is retail, dude. Like, retail. That's a good point. Retail is, like, that, that's So you're saying over-the-counter they're buying, like, you know, $50,000 worth of 50,000 Bitcoins for, like, you know, $100 billion, and they're doing it over-the-counter. Probably. So somebody gets a hundred hundred billion dollars in cash, literally, and you, you get the ledger with fifty thousand. I don't think that's happening. <laughs> well, I mean, how, I don't else, know. I don't how know. else would you do over the counter? I have no idea, dude. I don't know. That's the only way to acquire fifty thousand Bitcoin. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm not so in your camp as like institutions are here yet. Oh, dude, they're because what? I don't I don't think the financial instruments exist for them to purchase like in quantities that they would want to. You know what I mean? I don't think. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm over wrong. the counter. Maybe. Who, I mean, who who's selling 50,000 Bitcoin? I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Is this like Roger Beer? He's just out there, like, you know, making bank deals? I mean, he might be. Yeah, well, I, I don't mean, think so. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know, dude. Roger Beer would definitely not sell 50,000 Bitcoin. Well, that's that's the point. So you have to get it from the market, right? That's well, that's, that's the price going up, right? I guess, dude. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, but this is important. Like, we, yeah, can't, we can't sell Bitcoin at 100K if... It's if inevitable it's going to go to a million dollars in like six months. All of this, DeFi included, all of this requires, whether we like it or not, like institutional involvement, right? Well, like that's, or does it not? I well, it does. It, it does. It does for sure. Okay. But your your point to DeFi is, DeFi is like the engine that the financial markets use to propel the financial markets. That is clearly not built yet in DeFi. Okay. I mean, it, it's built to a certain extent, but it's not tested. You're not testing it with like a trillion dollars yet. Yeah. No, hell so no. So not until it's tested with a trillion dollars, that's when you have like DeFi or that's when you have like financial institutions start hedging using crypto. I don't even know if that's ever going to happen. I almost think there's going to be like an emergence of like institutional level powerhouses that come from the crypto space, like not from outside. It, it builds from within. Huh. You yeah. know what I mean? Potentially. Well, sure. But, you know. But they still, the, the institutions still have trillions of dollars under management. I know. But it's like institutions, they're such like, they're so yeah, but dude, cautious, you know? They're always, they're late to the game. <clears throat> like at this oh, point. for sure. 100%. Because, I mean, they have to good, be. They have to be. They have customers and they have reputation and shit. Yeah, but uphold. because they have customers, they yeah. have to be thinking about these things. That's their job. Yeah. Is to like continue growing the money. <laughs> I mean, one thing is for certain, I know for sure there's like demand is huge. For Bitcoin and crypto, mm -hmm. dude, I'm getting hit up by so many relatives. Yeah, 
just because they know they heard of my story about you know a few years ago like hey this this guy knows about bitcoin yeah i keep hearing about it in the news right like so let's let's hit him up and see yeah they literally asked like oh should i buy bitcoin like straight up after not like saying anything for years (laughs) (laughs) like should i buy bitcoin yeah god damn it dude i can't believe this but yeah, man. Like that didn't happen <coughs> until the tail end until, of the bubble. Until twenty k Bitcoin or ten k Bitcoin. Yeah, in twenty seventeen, I was getting those same messages. Is like, <sighs> but I mean, you should anticipate this, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, you should anticipate and we sh- this. And I shouldn't. I shouldn't fear it, right? Because <coughs> this is yeah. This is part of it. It's part of it. Now, part, now you're gonna it, have like third and fourth cousins at the end of this year when Bitcoin's like two hundred two hundred eighty thousand yeah. dollars. Like, should I buy Bitcoin now? Yeah, and. Because I keep hearing everybody's going to go to a million dollars. Yeah. I think this is part of it, man. Like, and that message needs to be, like, understood. Because this is different from, like, traditional finance. and Because like, finance traditionally is such a, a closed-off, like, ecosystem. Yeah, you know? it is. To where, like, people like you and I should never have the opportunity to make money off of that shit. Yeah. And, like, that's usually the case, right? Yeah. And they, they designed it for that purpose. And the government has so many walls put up, you know, to prevent us, I guess, from participating. So crypto is the inverse of that. That's true. <laughs> Stripping down all those walls, dude. Yeah. So it makes sense that all my relatives are hitting me up. Like they want in. Yeah. And they're supposed to be in because this is that's the for whole point. it's for them. It's for the rest of us. Yeah. yeah. It literally is like when we first started this podcast, you were like greatest wealth transfer ever. Yes. It literally yes. is that, dude. Yeah. Like it's actually happening before our eyes. Yeah. I totally <laughs> agree. Yeah. It's kind it, of crazy. It is crazy. And you know the the family going into cryptocurrency it, it is it just sounds weird just it's like like when you're growing up and your your parents start using like these social media like in facebook and it's sort of like a oh crypto is yeah, yeah. like old now you <laughs> yeah know? you're right it was like oh no the normies are coming dude it's like this isn't cool anymore yeah i was, I was telling them, i was like dude like crypto markets it's like it's not not cool anymore it's too normal like i need to like find a new market so i was like thinking yeah. Maybe I should start like stockpiling seeds or something like seeds. that. Seeds, <laughs> seeds is the new crypto, dude. Yeah, you know, who the fuck's doing that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, I think um, this becoming a super cycle, we we do need to find those indicators because if we can't identify what brings it into a super cycle, then we'll 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 be selling at a hundred k and then just losing you know ninety percent gains. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you just have um, like responsible. 900% gains, actually. You have, like, responsible <coughs> exit strategies. I guess, like, you don't liquidate... If Let's say you're starting to become overly cautious, like, around 100K, because that was, like, your original, like, prediction. Yeah. So hedge hedge, your, hedge against yourself, you know? Just take out 20%. Yeah. And put that into die or whatever, you know, whatever escape vehicle you feel is, is proper. Yeah. So you have 80% riding in the market. Cool. Goes to 200K. Now you've doubled your previous expectation. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. Now the risk is only getting higher from here, but I've just I've just doubled my remaining you know yeah. wealth that's still in the market. So let's just take out another twenty percent just to hedge <laughs> the risk. Yeah, you know. So let's say that is the top. Then fuck. Worst case, you you've cashed out like forty percent of your holdings. Yeah, like a pretty reasonable prices. You know, <clears throat> and you'll still have an opportunity to recognize like okay, the bubble definitely popped. Maybe like around hundred k again, and just exit the rest. I guess. I don't yeah. Know. Some stuff like that. Basically, like take profits along the way. Not, yeah. not don't just wait for like one grand moment in time. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, because everybody's going to be talking about million dollar Bitcoin, and it just never gets there, and then you get wrecked. Yeah, yeah even if you have like ten percent of your holdings by the time it does get to a million, if it does, yeah, that's still like that's a hundred grand. Yeah, exactly. You know, for per Bitcoin. 
Yeah. Um, I, I went to Wall Street Bets, and and there, there's still people there telling everybody to hold the line. <laughs> okay, that's actually a good point, dude. Like, yeah. That's actually good to, like, take screenshots of all me, of those comments, all of those you. threads, and just put it on your wall, dude. Paste them all over your wall for the rest yeah. of this year. Whenever we start looking like that, <laughs> that's when you want to get out. Yeah. Like, that is clear delusion, clear, like, everything you don't want to see. You know, the, that's that's a uh, market capitulating right there. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's not, you know, front page anymore, but they're like diamond hands and <laughs> it says, uh, who's still holding GME? Yeah, dude, that, 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 that message board is, is done for. <laughs> like, it was actually legitimate. They had some gems from time to time, but I think something like 7 million new members subscribed in the last, like, two weeks. They're just... It's over, dude. Like nothing but Moon Central. There's no like legitimate, like nothing that's getting upvoted to the top anymore is like some kind of like legitimate play like yeah. it used to be. You know what I mean? Now it's just memes and Moon Boy talk. So yeah, GG. Yeah. <laughs> but see, all that all that means is now they're migrating into the crypto space, dude. Because we haven't hit our freaking our yeah. GME moment yet. Yeah, that's true. We're not there yet, dude. <laughs> and we we got we kind of confirmed that today on like our regular YouTube video that we're about to publish. Yeah. That's like the title of this video is, uh, are we in a bubble? I mean, I think the clear answer is yes. Yeah. We're in a bubble, but we're like at the very beginning stages of it. Cause all bubbles need like a drive, like yeah. a push. Yeah. And the last one was ICOs. <clears throat> this one for sure is DeFi. Like, I think that's without a doubt, it's going to be what's going to push this market into like astronomical territory. For sure. For sure. And if you look at all the social indicators and stuff like dude, DeFi hasn't even pinged the radar of like, you know, retail. Yeah. It hasn't even gotten close. You know what I mean? Yeah. So let's, uh, let's put some plugs in. Uh, for those for those of you listening, uh, we do daily YouTube content now, and it's been pretty successful. Yeah, and I think we've been doing we've been at it for like three weeks, right? Yeah, Ooh. and so we've collected like 250 followers in those two to three weeks. Yeah, man, and uh, it's it, been good. It's been it's been working. So uh, so for those of you listening, make sure you watch our YouTube channel. There's some like really good content, and and it's short. It's like between 10 and 20 minutes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's working out pretty well. And let's see, anything else? Uh, our, our NFTs, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, our NFTs are mooning now too. Yeah, they're mooning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's just been it's been a good exper- experience overall because like it's man, it really forces us to like really dig into this market, dude. And yeah. There's just so much. It's definitely not good for like my fucking my, my anxiety anxiety and like sh- just overall. I don't even know, like mental health, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Like if I had my choice, I'd much rather just like like be like on a mountain peak right now, just like meditating or some shit, just like soaking in the fresh air. You yeah. Know what I mean? <laughs> like not without a zero like concern in the world. Yeah. But that's not reality, dude. Reality <laughs> is. You gotta <laughs> slum it. I guess there's just so much shit going on, dude. Like you gotta keep your <clears throat> your head to the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> Damn, but, we we touched thirty nine thousand four hundred. Yeah. In Bitcoin. <clears throat> But yeah, Damn. anyway, so <clears throat> speaking of Bitcoin, so yeah, that's that's the Bitcoin hypercycle, right? Supercycle. Yeah. Pretty much. Hypercycle. That's that's hypercycle. probably gonna be next next cycle is a hypercycle. Yeah, so who knows, man. We still have, we haven't talked about yeah, like the macroeconomic situation in a while. Yeah. And really there's no reason to touch on that. I mean there is reason, but at this point, who the fuck knows when things are gonna correct? It's just beyond our control at this point, you know. It's pretty much I don't know. I mean, if you follow the the moon math, uh, the stock to flow ratio, and and what uh, Willie Willie Wu has concocted here, uh, we still got a long way to go. 
And uh, one of the next sectors that we think is going to blow up is the DAO sector. Yeah. And just like we were talking about how DeFi kind of exploded in September and then it popped. Mm -hmm. Then um, what's we think the next sector that's going to be doing like a thousand X returns potentially is the DAO sector. Yeah. And, and all it, all it serves is to increase decentralization of a project, but it doesn't really add anything. Well, we don't know. That's the point. Cause I well, mean, we, we don't know what it can add because it, it's, it's not like some kind of like focal attempt at something, you know, usually like it, it, it can, it, you know, most projects in crypto have like a, a, a vision statement, right? Like mm-hmm. They yeah. want to tackle a certain problem. Usually it's like a team of people, individuals who assemble, they build a product or at least like pitch a product to the community, to the yeah. market, raise funds, raise funds with the token. Yeah. Either they build it or they don't, but regardless, they're, they're, they're fixated on this issue. But these DAOs are like a little more. It's more complicated because now you have to set up proposals. Exactly. And then you have to now get. It's, yeah. It's not just like a handful of people, right? Yeah. It's a community of people that literally, like, they have to come to consensus among each other. What the fuck are we going to do next, you know? Yeah, it, it seems, like, unlikely to work. But as far as the token price goes for a lot, a lot of these DAO projects, they're they're all going up. But it could be just a, a remnant of the bull cycle, just everything's well, going up. Yeah, I guess. Because <laughs> what, what's a DAO that you're extremely bullish on? Like, a DAO that hasn't really produced anything, but this group of people are supposed to come up with a product. Yeah. Like, it's it's hard to pick a DAO. It is hard. Like, There's a whole bunch of them just spawning out like like flies, you know? Like, they just keep popping up and emerging. Yeah. So, yeah, how do we select which one? I think, like, the metrics to selection of, like, which, which DAO to support is different than, like, a general crypto project. A DAO is more like, it's it's 100% community-driven. I guess crypto projects kind of are, too. But this is, like, next-level community, I yeah. feel like. Yeah, this is, like, meme power like that's how you that's how you measure a DAO is how memeable their their stuff is like yeah, like, DAO. like this is a good time to bring Decentraland into the conversation because yeah. Decentraland is is a powerhouse project right yeah it's it's top one hundred I mean I think it's teasing <laughs> it, but it's a stubborn project in the sense it never wants to leave that top one hundred ranking you know I mean <clears throat> man has been on a tear and we have a DAO you know <clears throat> and we have a pretty relatively large community. You know, in in respect to all these other projects, there's a lot of people like clued into the happenings of Decentraland, but yeah, we're not seeing much community engagement. You know what I mean? As far as like how to actually govern the the platform. Okay, <clears throat> it's all right. We don't we don't need to look at that. Yeah, it, it's just well, the point of that article, the Medium article, was that Decentraland is recognizing that their DAO is now is being underutilized. Yeah. And in that article, it describes how there needs to be a template for uh, for outlining what a proposal should look like, should have the content that should be in that proposal and everything. Yeah. And uh, and, and so somebody actually wrote that template and, and did a very good job of kind of outlining everything and probably taking like cues from other DAO projects out there that are being somewhat successful. Yeah. But... Um, <clears throat> See, that's, that's what's so interesting, though, about Decentraland. Do you remember the uh, the website? For the DAOs? Deep DAO? It, it was, yeah, that's it. Deep yeah, DAO. Deep DAO. So, yeah, for those of y'all who don't know, this is a keep your eye on tool. Like, it should be in your daily routine just like CoinGecko is. Yeah. And DeFi Pulse and all that stuff. And if you're included into NFT art, what's Maddie's called? Uh, NFT Art Pulse, I think. NFT <laughs> NFT Pulse, Pulse, maybe. Yeah. Either NFT Pulse. And those kind of tools that, like, are ubiquitous, like, uh, <clears throat> like macro 
evaluating tools for s- sectors. Oh, you look know? at that. It's gone up, dude. Yeah, it's gone up significantly. <laughs> you want to know why? I think it's Barnbridge. Is it? I think so. 304 million total locked. That's amazing. I don't know. But yeah, so this is keeping track of like the actual, I don't know. Total in and total out. So for example, if we show you Decentraland here, total in is 2.4 million. Sorry. 2.4 million and zero out. So nobody is like getting money out of that <sighs> DAO, that foundation. Or yeah, basically the resources of the foundation or the DAO are being under, are not being utilized at all, basically. Mm-hmm. And if, yeah, you look around, that's not the case for any other DAO in existence. You know, there's activity going on. Yeah. If, if, if you're to exist as like a decentralized ecosystem, then there needs to be in an outflow of these funds, you know, or that's else right. nothing gets built. And I think that's part of the problem with the culture of Decentraland that we've experienced up until this point, right? Since we've since we've been involved, it's been mostly like a <coughs> we, we're dependent on the team to do pretty much everything, right? At this yeah. point, dude, check this out: Badger Dow, sixty-five thousand dollars in. Oh, they made it in, but twenty-four thousand users. That's a lot of members, bro. <laughs> and what does this number represent? One in three proposals and three voters. They probably just have yeah, yeah. What's, what, what are those? One one v- proposal and three votes. So they're just now getting started, it yeah. sounds like. And they're just now generating revenue, I guess. Like, So whatever product they're building, Badger Dow, it's working. And their treasury is starting to get filled from it. Yeah. Right? And they have tons of members. <laughs> Dude, that's a lot of people, 24,000. <clears throat> but yeah, so. But that's interesting. Like, There's only a handful of members in each, in each case. Yeah, because th- those aren't real DAOs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think the foundation of Decentraland represents the whole community? At no, this definitely point? not. I think it's like a handful of people that exist in that foundation, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> at some point, if we want Decentraland to become a true decentralized ecosystem. Every one of us has to be members. Yeah, we need to have 30,000 people in as our members. You know what I mean? At what point that happens, I don't know. It's a tough call to make, you know? Because obviously... <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we want to... So we want to do a couple of things. We want to do a short video on Decentraland, and uh, we want to explain what we think Decentraland should should be just because of its potential, because Decentraland has huge potential. It does. And the fact that there's 220 million mana that's going to be allocated over 10 years, and uh, 10% of it is, is available right now, and not a single dime has gone out, represents a huge issue. So that's, that's one issue. <clears throat> the second issue is... In order to vote, you have to have a lot of mana. And so right now, mana is highly concentrated in certain areas. Mm-hmm. And in that concentration, they really decide what happens with Decentraland if once the DAO gets gets going. Yeah. And that presents another problem. Yeah, that's just a, that's just a fall off, like a um, side effect. Or I that's don't know a side effect. Yeah, they're right. It, it's it's a, of, of the era that Decentraland came from, the 2017 ICO right. boom. That's right. Back then, the token distribution models were not like, they weren't... They weren't distributed. They weren't distributed. Just it, because if you had a lot of money to dump into Decentraland during the ICO, you got a lot of mana. Yeah. So we have a situation where the wealth is concentrated in a very small pool of people. Yeah. Of members. If we have 30,000 members of our DAO, I'd say roughly probably 50 people are going to be like the one, uh, you know, own 99% of that wealth. Roughly. Shit. Something Probably less than 50 people, dude. Potentially. I don't know. I really don't know the actual figures. But regardless, if, if yeah. mana is the governing power of the ecosystem, then that presents a major problem. Yeah. yeah. And ultimately, the, um, the, the, those who hold a bunch of mana, they're not participating 
in yeah. in anything Decentraland. Mm-hmm. Nothing. They're not building. They're not deploying. Nothing. So uh, so yeah. So we want to do a short video that way a lot of people can watch it and like consume like that content versus listening to a longer podcast. Yeah, I guess because it's relevant to everyone, every ecosystem, right? Because every ecosystem is going to have the same battle to deal with. That's right. This DAO, at some point, like even if you're a synthetics, if you're... Um, Barnbridge. Barnbridge, yeah. You, there's going to have to be a transition point where the the concentration of development and like control and funds, all that migrates from like, you know, the founding team, foundation, yeah. whatever you want to call it, to the general population of your token holders. Yeah. That's the obvious trend that crypto is heading towards, right? Yeah, there might be some kind of formula that gets developed that says if you own more than like, you know, three or 4% of the total token supply, it only counts as like a half a percent. So so you could technically get outvoted if the larger community votes a single direction. Mm, just a way to like balance it out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Either that or you issue a new governance token. Yeah, but that's yeah, and then, and then you still have the problem of distribution. How do you get it distributed? And that's the thing, like because we're at this stalemate state, like we can make these proposals all day, but at the end of the day, I think we should, and it'd be good test to test out our theories of whether or not this is a problem. Is we make these proposals as a community, yeah, we submit them and we vote on them. If 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 they're like impossible to pass through, it's it's obviously because the people who represent like the the governance power don't want to lose that, right? So yeah. Of course. And so how do you get around that? You know, if that's I the, if, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I don't know it's, it's already not as decentralized as it needs to be. So, I mean, like, for example, the, the central line team keeps coming out with these wearables from, from a bunch of these well-known artists. Mm-hmm. We didn't vote for that. Mm-hmm. People had to vote for us and nobody did. Mm-hmm. We voted for ourselves. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. And, and, and the people had huge issues. Well, not a lot of people, but people didn't like that we did that, you know? Oh, one person didn't. Okay. I mean, yeah. a lot of people were fine with it. Yeah, but it's just... But I, the point is, we had to vote for ourselves. Yeah. And, um, I mean, if we have to vote for ourselves for everything, nothing will ever get passed. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's just... I don't know. There wasn't much... And and so the point is, is that we set up a voting system for just simple thing like wearables. And... That totally failed because those with the most mana got through, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I guess that's just a representation of if we propose like a valid proposal, like something extremely valid that makes sense across the board, there's a high chance that it's not going to get passed through just because nobody's voting. And second, those who can't, who have the most power aren't, aren't, aren't going for it just because it doesn't serve their agenda. Yeah, I guess we won't know <clears throat> until more proposals start getting pushed through. That's that's really my biggest gripe. There's just I don't know. I, I don't know if there's enough. The Central Games came out with a reasonable proposal and not a single like like. Yeah, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, there's there's a forum board for Decentraland. That's where the proposals are supposed to go through. Uh, and there's not much activity, you know. And, and through our investigation of crypto, because that's like our daily task nowadays, we've been looking at other DAOs and seeing how active they are. How engage their communities are with actually you know submitting meaningful proposals and stuff <coughs> and yeah man we, we do not compare up until this point yeah so i'm not sure if we're lacking like incentives for people to want to participate or what i don't know it's it's, it's interesting <coughs> yeah i mean here's here's the example from yamel yamel on the template for doing a proposal so there's an, a summary an abstract a motivation a specification and I mean, it's it's all there and it's all completely reasonable, but I mean, 
mean, four likes, 100, 111 views. Like this is this is a problem. How, how do you unlock you know potentially you know several millions of dollars when nobody's like voting or doing anything? I mean, yeah, that's a lot of responsibility for a community to handle. I think I mean it's a lot of money. So I think the people who really are going to engage with these decisions are, I guess, the people who have the most to benefit from it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what makes the most sense. Like, wh- why would an average Decentraland token holder really care where the funds get allocated if, if, if there's, like, no chance for them, I guess, to receive a piece of that? I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think that's, like, usually, like, the logic most things. But that's not true, though. If, if the community, if you're holding mana <coughs> and, like, you're you're really banking on the fact or the opportunity of the, the value of the mana token to go up, then you do have an interest in actually participating in the governance, right? Like, cause your decisions will affect like well, the future of the development of the platform, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Cause that's, that's the whole point of that mana allocation is like, how do we manage it? Where do we put it? Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the problem is this lack of proposals. That might be it. I don't know. We've dude. only seen one or two and you're right. There's not much engagement or support for both of them. You know? <laughs> Yeah, let me see if I can find Decentral Games. Proposal, Decentraland DAO to use mana to farm DG. So DG is crushing right now. But his proposal basically states, if you stake a portion of the mana to mine DG, the foundation gets to earn the farming, the the the, the tokens from farming. Mm-hmm. And so it increases the value of the foundation just by doing this. And it doesn't cost the foundation anything. Yeah. So it's a valid proposal and five likes, no comments. Yeah, there needs to be like some actual discussion, I guess, whether or not this is a good idea. So I don't know, man. This is just an example of one DAO. So we started yeah. this conversation thinking like DAOs is probably going to be the next emerging sector. Badger is a good example. Might not have much value yet within its ecosystem yeah. because it's just getting off the floor. But obviously it has like huge member participation. You know, that's why I'm so interested in it you know yeah because they're taking a different approach they're going dow first community first and then let's start building and we'll see what the fuck happens you know? yeah yeah it's the possibilities are endless with that <laughs> but the point is like they don't have to go through this struggle of like convincing their community like to participate like they already show up ready to participate you know what i mean it's true that's the difference that that is unique yeah it's very unique <laughs> All right. Well, that has been the Block Runner Podcast. Thank you guys for listening and watching for those on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe and follow us on Twitter at the Block Runner and also at Metazone.io. And let us know what you think. I mean, we talked about the super cycle of Bitcoin and this, this cycle coming up. And we talked about DAOs. And uh, yeah, just let us know what you think in our in the comment section. And yeah, and don't be scared. <laughs> yeah. You know, about this bubble stuff, bubble talk. It's just, uh, just be cautious is all I, I say. Yeah. Or just don't even care. You yeah. Know? Or, That's yeah. probably better. Just keep hold- holding. Yeah. Just don't even worry about this. This is like natural part of the market. You know, there's going to be ups and downs. Yeah. You're going to have your anxieties and your fears and stuff. I mean, that's yeah. all it is. And you know, <laughs> At it's the weird. The day, like the big picture is what matters, you know, what's being built and like the implications. So, uh, of course, all this comes with uh, not investment advice. <laughs> and I, I don't know how often we need to say that. I don't know if we need to say that every single video episode or description. I mean, who we, we should just get somebody on the podcast who can give ad- investment <laughs> advice. Okay. And, and see, like, what cr- credentials they need to have in order to give those in- investment advices. It's definitely not us, though, right? As, well, <laughs> I don't know. Nah. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, an accredited investor is either one who has a million dollars net worth or is savvy. What does savvy mean? But I think people say that just to, like, void any possible, you know, like, 
if somebody does take your advice and then gets wrecked, sure, somehow can like pin that blame on you. It's like, oh, he told me to do it. Yeah, but what? Why is? How does that blame work though? Like from okay. legally standpoint, like why freedom of speech is you can go and do, you can say whatever you want. That's a good point. If man. people listen to you, how is it your fault? I don't know. Like how how does that work? It, it must, I mean, there must be some precedent like at hand in order for that to, true. to be to be a thing, right? Where everyone's like, this is definitely not financial advice. Yeah, but I <laughs> I, I know everyone listening right now and watching you you guys see this all the time. Everyone yeah. says this is not investment advice. Yeah, I want to I want to find out what that core uh came from. Like why why is this happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should, shouldn't it be obvious that you should you shouldn't really be trusting anybody doing your own research? <laughs> But I guess not. Maybe it's not that obvious. Yeah, I think that's the case. It's not that obvious. Yeah. But anyways, thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you in the next episode. Having said that, all in VTC. (laughs) Go all in. Thank you for listening to the Blockrunner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter, at theblockrunner. Yeah.